Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get this party started. This is Ghetto. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. It's on a website. This is FNA. I am a god. Now what? Why don't you get out of that jumpsuit and let me smack that fat ass? <laughs> That's a scary crew. As far as the product goes, uh, voice of a new generation, man. You guys are the young guys. Are really at the top of their games. The two of them had something in common. We bring you Radio Ecstasy. Oh, it's beautiful. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. FNA. FNA. Let it happen. This is the FNA Podcast. A throwback Thursday edition of the FNA Podcast. Thank you guys for hopping on with us. Throw it back. Much appreciate you guys for joining us. We don't have any voicemails to get to today. I don't appreciate that at all. Mm. Very upset by that. Well, let's give out the number so this doesn't happen again. Nine four nine four seven eight eleven ninety seven. Call that number. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us tell us what's on your mind. He's at KPIG one. Uh huh. I'm at Follow Adam A yes, at FNA Show on Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram is another place you can find us. Absolutely, we appreciate you guys joining us as always. No voicemails to get to. I think we have a little bit of Laker talk on the back end of the show too. Of course, they were swept. So, yeah. F and NBA is... Got some residuals, yeah. leftovers. Yeah. You so. know, like Casey Jones, when he saw some of the foot running away, he's like, mmm, <laughs> leftovers. <laughs> so, we'll get back into F and NBA with our friend Bob Schmidt. Maybe we can set that up for next week. We'll see what we have lined up. Uh, but for today, we got some uh, some baseball F. Yeah, Adam. Let's get to it. I think it's the first time since the start of the season. Maybe the second time. Either way, we've been F and NBA in it up for the last couple of months. Yeah. Now, the boys of summer are back. Dodgers are playing pretty damn well overall, so we have one of our favorite guests lined up. Let's get to him. Phone's ringing, dude. Thank you, Donnie. Well, it was four strikes and out for the Lakers in the conference finals. They swung and missed once again on trying to validate that bubble ring. But there's another team in town still trying to do the same, and hope springs eternal for the boys of summer. So joining us to talk Dodgers baseball is our friend Eric Steven, king of Dodgers, previews and recaps for True Blue LA and SB Nation. Follow him for his puns on runs commentary at Eric Steven with a PH on Twitter during each and every Dodgers game all season long, even when they get walked off like last night. Eric, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, my I, my shoulder's a little sore. I've been warming up because I think at some point I might be called to pitch for the Dodgers the way that they're sort of cycling through guys. So okay, it's, it's rough out there right now. Before we get to your icy hot situation, uh, you know, when we put the shift on to talking more baseball this time of the year, some people don't like it. They think the game is boring. I don't think that. I love the game of anticipation. But I understand the other side. So help us recruit some more seam heads by answering this more personal question. What made you oh, yeah. fall in love with the game, Eric? Romanticize it some. Get some sticky substance on us, if you know what I mean. Oh, my God. I, I was, that's a great question. It, it happened when I was a kid, right? So, like, uh, I think it was probably from, like, playing Little League. I, I'm, I had older brothers, so they, they were already, like, um, 
baseball fan, so they got me into it and like and following the Dodgers and stuff. So I, I think it's the um, I don't know maybe it's like the 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 one on one with the you know batter pitcher matchup that, that's like pretty unique in 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 most sports. I know like you know singular sports like tennis, you're, you're literally going one on one, but like. Just that that like matchup that sort of depends on everything, but I don't know. Like the, I always like the. Uh, you could just watch a baseball game. Like uh, <laughs> this is a terrible. I'm doing a terrible job here. Oh, it's uh, great. Like, it just, I don't. It just feels like summer to me. Like that. That's like just sort of you're outdoors. Yeah. Um, you're having fun. You're running in the grass. You know that that kind of a thing. Uh, sometimes on dirt, but like it's just. I don't know. It's just like like this awesome. Um, I don't. Leisurely is not the right word because it's it's an exciting game. But like, it is it is a perfect background for the summer for me. Like so that and it's and it's every day too. So like, it, it's unrelenting. Um, it's always there. And so I, I sort of, um, it's like like a security blanket of sorts. That, that that's sort of what I like about it. Yeah, you know, I saw some figures about this uh, the other day, how attendance is up this time of year over the last six seasons. So this is even pre-COVID. The attendance is up and specifically on weekends uh, at games, and a lot of people are attributing it to the new rules about the games being shortened, about the shift being taken away, more action on the bases. Have you kind of seen and kind of felt that from – I know you interact with fans on social media a lot. You attend games. Have you kind of gotten that vibe, and do you think that there's a little bit of a resurgence – for the popularity of Major League Baseball, not only because it's more exciting, but maybe because the games are moving a little bit faster at this point. Yeah, they're they're definitely faster. I I I think the average game time is something like twenty five minutes down from last year, and pretty much almost everything that's cut out is like the fluff in between. Like, so there's not a lot of, you know, uh, there's less standing around, like waiting between pitches. Um, so it's, it's, it's just moving. So you're, you're out of there. Like games are routinely like, you know, two and a half hours now instead of three. And that's, that's important. If you're, if you're like trying to like, you know, plan your night or plan your day for the weekend or whatever, knowing that you don't, that's like an extra half hour you have. And so like the game itself is crisper because you're, you're moving along faster. Um, and so like, that's, that's made it like a little better. There's also more, um, you know, uh, the, there's pickoff rules. You can't disengage from the rubber more than twice or else it's a balk if you don't get the out. So players are running more often. Um, so that's a little more exciting. So, like, I think you're seeing a more athletic game um, and a faster game, and I think that's sort of – that's certainly, like, helping the product. I think for sure – I think it's been totally noticeable. Are there any purists, Bob Costas types, get off my mound types get off my lawn. that don't like the game moving a little bit quicker? So I, I think the the biggest pushback I've seen is, um, and it's not even like necessarily that bad of a thing, but some some players have said um, they do feel a little rushed, um, like uh, mostly hitters, some pitchers too, uh, you know, because of the the, the pitch timer. But they've also said, like, they realize, like, they'll adjust to it, like, over time. So I think maybe the first month or so were, were some growing pains, or I guess spring training was part of this, too, um, you know, figuring out how to adjust. But I, I think that's 
that's been something like it, it is going to be weird in the in the postseason because you know like there's so many more um, like big you know uh, high leverage type moments and like you do wonder if uh, how that's going to go um, if if the pitch clock is rushing people but at the same time uh, you know I know it's weird it's like basketball is more the sport where people say there's more momentum, but like maybe with um, the the sort of where a pitcher can get rattled by a clock or whatever, maybe, maybe that that's sort of baseball's way of getting into the momentum game. So like mm. may, maybe that's uh, part of it too. So I don't know, like it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I'm sure uh, there's, I, I, I'm not all too worried about like say a world series ending on, um, you know, a pitch, a pitch, pitch timer violation strikeout or something. Although to be honest, that would be hilarious. But um, only like, Angel Hernandez yeah. would call that. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh. Now, <laughs> okay. Angel Hernandez uh, would actually have to be in a World Series game for that to happen, and that's not happening. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's done a surprising amount of playoff games, though. Like it's, it's yeah. always well. Everyone complains about the umpires, and they're sitting there in the playoffs. You know, it's just weird how they how they choose things. Well. So. Andrew Hernandez had a couple of lawyers in his back pocket that helped him with that a couple of years ago. Uh, Eric Steven joining us here on the FNA podcast. You mentioned yourself warming up in the bullpen. You know, talk about hurting a little bit. That's the Dodger pitching staff for the moment. Dustin May likely out through the All Star break at this point. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, for the most part, has been healthy, but he's been rocked the last couple, or not rocked, but not pitching as well the last couple of starts. And I'm sure his last start may have had something to do with, uh, you know, uh, weighing heavily on his mind uh, the passing of his mother. Uh, but that's some, some issues, and Julio Urias now on the injured list. Uh, how big of a concern is uh, is it for the Dodgers right now uh, with their starting pitching staff because they seem to be hemorrhaging at the moment? Yeah, it's a huge concern because I think they're just sort of trying to get out of their own way at this point. Like they 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 had this weird confluence of events. So it started last Monday with against the Twins. They had a twelve inning game, and oh by the way. Noah, Noah Syndergaard, who right now is like the number three pitcher in the rotation, and that's never a spot you want to be in, like this version of Noah Syndergaard being the number three. <laughs> um, but he, he was back, like his first start back after his like um, blister. They had thought it was past him, so they in Milwaukee, they they didn't cover the blister with this like adhesive material. Um, so then it, it ruptured, and he only pitched an inning. So he came back last Monday and it was like his first start. Uh, he pitched like an inning in the previous two weeks. So he was not built up. He only went four innings and then that game went 12 innings. So the bullpen is taxed from that game. And then they had sort of um, uh, Kershaw, his last couple starts, Dave Roberts said, I believe he told reporters Sunday in St. Louis that Kershaw was feeling body fatigue. Um, so, and he's gone, he's gone short the last two times as well. The next day, Dustin May gets hurt. So they're, like, using all sorts of relievers. They're calling guys up. They called um, Dylan Kobe up from AAA, a veteran guy they signed, used him for one game, like an, an emergency relief, and then designated him for assignment. He's now with the Phillies already. So, like, that's how quickly they're cycling through guys. And then the next night, Julio Urias got bombed in St. Louis, and then he said that he had a hamstring injury, like, and two days later it was on the Angeles. So, they're without like two of their big starters. And then they've just been trying to scramble, like filling innings and nobody's going deep. Like last night, Tony Gonsolin went five and two thirds. That's the first time they had had a pitcher last past five 
uh, in 11 games. So they hadn't even gotten – only like two other pitchers lasted five. So like it, it, every night, like there, it's just a, it's a rough go, like trying to um, – it's hard if you have to go to the bullpen for like more than half the game every night, but you just, that's not a sustainable thing. And you're, you're seeing the cracks like um, Victor Gonzalez has been really good. Uh, He gave up a three run Homer uh, Saturday in St. Louis. Um, You know, just guys are, uh, they're using like last night, they used their leverage guys the first two games in Atlanta. So like last night they were, uh, they, I don't, I didn't see any post game thing. I'm not, I wasn't in Atlanta, but, uh, they used Phil Bickford. Like Caleb Ferguson was available, you would have thought maybe he was there, but um, Phil Bickford is sort of the hero of that 12 inning game. He pitched three innings because they were out of uh, like available pitchers, and he ended up getting the win. But last night um, ended up you know taking the loss. But it's just uh, they're I think they're asking a lot of their bullpen. Even like if you have a very very good bullpen, like it's you just can't. It's hard to sort of use them at the pace they're using them right now. Bullpen games are going to become so common. It's going to be more like, hey, starter game today. We got a starter. <laughs> we got a guy. Right. Uh, speaking of Dustin May on the DL, specifically, just how concerning is it that injury to that player, given the hip, the past injury history that he's had? Yeah, there, there's always a concern because he's he's literally just fairly soon back from his his Tommy John surgery. So. He had only made, I think, uh, Wednesday was his 15th start since returning. So there's always the concern, and it's an elbow injury. So uh, I guess, you know, reports have shown there were there was no damage to the, the UCL. So, like, there, maybe he's not going to have, um, you know, a second Tommy John. But so they, they did a platelet-rich plasma PRP injection in his elbow, so he's basically down uh, for about two months. He's not going to be back till at least the All Star break after the All Star break, and that's that's maybe even being generous. So I think they're just going to wait and see if that holds. Um, you know, Kershaw did this a couple years ago uh, in 2021 when he missed the postseason. He had a PRP injection. Now, obviously, that's the off season, so the timeline's a little different. You're warming up for spring training and stuff, but I don't think he picked up a baseball till like January. Um, it's, I don't know how, what the timeline is exactly for May, but it's, it's something similar. So, um, I think they're, you know, it's to the point where, okay, how much are you expecting him to pitch this year at this point? You know, like maybe they get him back this year. Maybe they don't Walker Bueller, who is coming back from his second Tommy John surgery. He said he wants to be in the starting rotation by September 1st, um, Dave Roberts and the team are like, uh, it seems a little optimistic, but um, you know, you don't know what you're getting. It's like, he's going to be back sort of a thing. Like, so there's just a lot of question marks at this point, um, at least with Urias, it's a hamstring. He might be back by next weekend. So like that's at least short term, but yeah, with May, it's, it's, I would say it's very concerning, you know, maybe not so much that he's going to have a second surgery, but it's just, he's just going to be out such a long time that you don't know exactly what you're going to get. So as we creep up on the start of June, it's really early to start thinking about trades at this point in time. But, I mean, if you're the Dodgers and your rotation is hurting the way that it is, uh, you're not going to necessarily get an impact arm this early in the season. I don't know if anybody's really far enough out of it at this point. But if you're the Dodgers, do you seriously have to go out and, and think about trying to make something happen in the trade market, even though it's early in the season, just so you look? They're, they're playing well right now. They're tied with the Braves for essentially the best record in the National League. You just don't want to, you're, you're fearful of falling too far behind and the attrition game catching up with you by overworking some guys. So do you think that they'd be 
willing or they should work the trade market, even though it's a little bit earlier uh, than usual. Yeah, so I, I I think maybe on that, but I, I also think it's going to be hard right now because there's so many teams who um, still think they're in it because it's so early that they're maybe not willing to trade this time of the season. Wake up, Giants. Um, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, no, but, like, you look at the, the Brewers, right? Like, they're leading the Central right now, uh, but they were in contention last year when they traded Josh Hader. So, like... I think the way they're sort of uh, the way they run things like economically, I think if, if they're not in first place in, you know, late June or July um, and, and the Dodgers come calling for Corbin Burns, you know, obviously he's their ace and that's a huge thing and it would cost a lot. But like, I think that that's sort of the big ticket at him that, that could be potentially out there, but getting him early, like that's probably a tough sell. I think they're in like weirdly decent shape. Um, we'll see how long this can last. I mean, Gavin Stone and Bobby Miller are the Dodgers' top two pro- pitching prospects. They just happen to be in the rotation right now. Stone hasn't gone more than four innings in his two starts. He, he's going to get a little bit of a run. You know, maybe he sort of improves a little bit. But even even given where they're at, like it's hard to expect more than like five innings per start out of those guys. But they're also there's a lot of upside. So, like, I think they're willing to ride with that right now, at least one of those guys in the rotation. I would imagine Miller's getting one more start, and then when Urias gets back, he probably comes back for Miller. And then um, I think they're going to ride for a while, but if, if, say, someone else goes down or Noah Syndergaard isn't good, maybe um, maybe that's when they, they're a little more serious about pulling the trigger on, on another sort of starter trade. Is Bobby Miller going to go full Bobby's world at some point? Is he going to be that positive storyline later into the season where he's the next phenom, he's the next Walker Bueller? Is that how good he is? I saw a thing uh, last week. Walker Bueller has his own um, – he's on his own podcast now. I think it's just baseball. Um, and he was asked about um, Bobby Miller, and he said um, he thought um, – you know, because they've been compared, you know, sort of similar – styles, attitude, that sort of thing. But he said he thought Miller was farther along than he was at this point. So like, wow. and that's huge. Walker Bueller, I, I know he came up in 2017, sort of in relief toward the end of the year, but by 2018, he was like ready-made number one, you know, pretty much by the end of the season, he was such a big game pitcher. So um, maybe for Miller, like that would, that would be something, but I think just um, he was impressive on Tuesday. Like, uh, yeah, the you know the rookie sort of jitters a little off, but like the stuff was there. He adjusted because they were the Braves were like sort of waiting on his or hitting his fastball, so he kind of went away from the fastball. But he has he has like five pitches, so um, he was he's pretty smart in addition to just being a you know old country hardball type guy too. So uh, that he's definitely going to be someone someone to watch. Uh, sort of they always mention uh, he's the prototypical sort of pitcher frame like tall powerful um he's the kind of guy that everyone says oh well, that's going to be you know an innings eater i don't know even know if there's such a thing as an innings eater anymore given how pitchers are used but uh he sort of has the frame that makes you know people in baseball like drool about pitchers so i i think there's a lot of a lot of reason to be uh, excited about him he'll have the ladies drooling too and once he gets rid of that uh lloyd christmas bull 
haircut he's got. <laughs> yeah, not the best look. Uh, <laughs> Eric Steven joining us on the FNA podcast. Talk about Trace Thompson because he has, he has been caught in the struggle, to say the least, uh, over these last couple of months. And the issue with him is that you know the outfield depth, which people were kind of shaky about coming in. You didn't know what Jason Hayward was going to be. Peralta. Hayward's been really solid in his starts. Peralta's been excellent for them. James Altman's come out of nowhere, although he's cooled off a little bit, and they're giving a little bit of a breather. Uh, can you see within a month or so if Trace Thompson hasn't turned this thing around that he can find himself back in the minors? Yeah, or or like just or somewhere else or DFA. Like, you know, wow. Yeah, pretty much. He's out of options, so like wow. he'd have to like clear waivers and stuff. But but I mean, yeah, he's he's um you know he's just been really bad this year. Like right now, he's so he's hitless in his last um, thirty eight at bats. He's had like eight walks during that time, but he, I think also twenty two strikeouts, something like that. And that, that's the longest, tied for the longest hitless streak of at-bats by a no, Dodgers non-pitcher since they moved to L.A. The last one that was longer was 1909, and it was by a catcher named Bill Bergen, who is widely considered to be, like, the worst uh, the worst hitter in Major League history who got, like, any sort of regular playing time. <laughs> and that, that he had, like, an 0 for 45 streak that was a Major League record for a long time, for, like, over 100 oh, years until... The reverse to Maggio. Eugenio, yeah. Eugenio Velez broke it, when he and he did it while with the Dodgers. So Dodgers have a long history of these uh, these <laughs> weird streaks. But I mean, where was Cody yeah, at? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think Cody would mix in a hit, like, every, every now and then. I, I think he got into the high 20s. Uh, Yasmani Grandal had a 37, uh, over 37 streak, and he had a, a number of long streaks, like near the end of some seasons. Um, but yeah, with I was looking because uh, in St. Louis, I don't remember which day it was. Maybe it was Saturday. Uh, Trace hit a long drive. It was like uh, if you look at Statcast, I think the expected batting average was 610, but Lars Newbar tracked it down, and that's the kind of thing. Like it, it's hard if just one of those type balls drop like your, you know, streaks over, but you're, I mean, you're still slumping, but it's not, you don't have an over yet. Like his last hit was April 17th. Right. So it, it's wild. Uh, I looked up like the expected stats. I think there, he should be, he should be given his batted ball step, like three for 38, but that's also terrible. <laughs> so like, <laughs> he's in a bad, he's in a bad way right now. Like it, the problem is he's striking out. Like half, like more than half the time, like and it's just you just this is not it's not really playable. Um, they haven't played him a ton recently, so like you said, um, they've settled into like Peralta has been getting a lot of run. I think they're they're focusing a lot on defense um, in a way because they have their like top five of the offense back. Like JD Martinez has been back for a couple weeks. Will Smith's back, so um, like they've been playing a lot more of Miguel Rojas at short and David Peralta in left. Um, they're really good defensively, and like you know, Peralta's you know better offensively, but like anything you get from them on offense, probably a plus. Um, so it's been hard for Thompson to get playing time, and they, they because the other like three non Mookie Betts outfielders are left handed, um, they Thompson's only main role is like starting occasionally against lefties, and he, he's not hitting lefties at all, he's not hitting righties either, so that's, that's the problem, but. It's been hard for him to get playing time. But yeah, I could see a situation where um, if he's just not improving um, within a few weeks, like it's it wouldn't surprise me if he's you know designated for assignment. But it's also a matter of like for what? Like they have um, two uh, outfielders who are just 
promoted to AAA on the 40-man roster in Johnny DeLuca and Andy Pajes. Pajes is like the more high, like the sort of the higher-rated prospect. He's also younger, but he's also on the injured list right now for AAA. Johnny DeLuca's like athletic guy, went to Oregon, um, power speed type, but also, um, you know, just just recently got to AAA. So like, it's not like he's a he's certainly going to be better, but he might be. They're, they're both right-handed hitters, so they could sort of fit if the Dodgers went that way. But I think maybe more likely is this might be something where um, if they do like make a trade, um, you know, it, let's say if they, they trade for like a shortstop, uh, you know, or something, then maybe Chris Taylor plays more outfield. Like he's also been, you know, slumping too. Like he, he's striking out a lot um, in a slump right now as well. But like, it, it's a weird, it's a weird roster at the moment. So like, I, I think a lot of things will depend on, you know, the sort of trades they, they go after in the next couple months. Yeah, Chris Taylor striking out. It must be the sun comes up, you know, whatever. whatever. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. My mic was still on when I said that. But speaking of strikeouts, James Altman has been struggling too uh, recently. Got out to a hot start. Rookie of the month last month. May hasn't been as amazing for him and striking out a lot. And this is something that the team knew about. Now, I think this is why some said they were a little hesitant to bring him up as soon as they did because they knew that was something he still needed to cut down on a little bit. I guess from a long-term standpoint, is that something that's a bit of a cause for concern? And because he's been so good for them offensively, I guess they really can't toy with sending him down because of the amount of offensive punch that he adds to them. Can they not? Yeah, I mean, he's he's still – it's not it's not quite as extreme as the Cody Bellinger situation. Like, mm-hmm. he's not as good defensively as Cody Bellinger in center, but he's also – he is really good. He's above average. Um, he had a misplay um, uh, the first game in Atlanta, but he also had a diving catch, like, later in the game. Um, but he's he's in a four for 35 himself with 15 strikeouts on the season – he has the third highest uh, strikeout rate, a little over a third of the time, um, and he has slumped in May, like you said. So he was—he's been playing like pretty much every day, except recently they've been giving him a few more days off. So he's just fighting it right now. I think that's part of the adjustment, but they've been pretty confident, um, like showing confidence in both Altman and Miguel Vargas. Miguel Vargas was struggling in April. Um, he's been really good in May, so like I think they're just going to keep putting him out there for now um and and see how it goes but uh yeah the strikeouts are are concerning but i also think like they they seem pretty confident that he's at least going to turn around he's not gonna he might not have you know be the eight home runs per month guy like he was in in april but uh he could still be a very productive player um even if he's striking out um you know a lot but uh they i think there's they're gonna stick with him for a little bit Last one for me, Eric. Uh, his last two outings were better. Do you expect to see Noah Syndergaard improve as the season goes along in any significant way, or is this just who he is at this point? He's Big Lebowski Thor from Endgame. He's not the Thor he once was. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm. I don't know. I, I don't have a ton of confidence. Like when he signed in the off season, he was like. I don't see any reason why I can't throw a hundred again. He, you know, he's coming off surgery. His, his numbers were down. Um, and he, he went to like, I think drive line and then tread athletics. He was pretty much trying everything to sort of figure out how to get that um, velocity back. And then by the, by the end of spring training, when it was clear, the velocity was not back. He's like, Oh, I'm just trying to get out. However I can, you know, it's like, hmm. So, and the results just, he's just been pretty mediocre. Like generally now 
he was dealing with the blister and um, they have this like adhesive they put on the, the right index finger that sort of manages the blister. So he doesn't, you know, bleed everywhere. <laughs> but um, the problem is you're, it's, you have like a little bit of a covering on your finger. So you're not getting the feel for the ball. Now he's, he's gone through it. Like he's, he's pitched okay the last two starts, but he's also went four innings and five innings in those. So that's what you're getting from your like right now third starter. I mean, it's not you know when he when Urias is back, he's the fourth starter, but still that's that's not a lot. And he's just been so so. Like his ERA is almost six. Like uh, it's just been rough. So like I don't know. Like uh, you know, I don't like. Let's just put it this way. Like I I they're in trouble if he's like starting a playoff game, right? So. Um, that's that's just he's, I don't I don't have a lot of confidence he's gonna put it back together but um, I guess I guess we'll see like if, unless he improves in the next like month or so I, I don't see a lot of reason why to have any sort of faith that he's gonna have like a very good season. Well, thankfully there are ways away from the playoffs so that's something they don't have to worry about for a few months and maybe they'll be healthy by then. Uh, the great Eric Steven always takes. A generous amount of time to join us on the FNA podcast, and we appreciate it. SB Nation, True Blue LA does a phenomenal job covering the Dodgers. And uh, Eric, thanks for hopping on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Always my pleasure, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Excellent. Eric. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Take care. Peace. Bye. There goes Eric Steven. Now, if you guys want to call in like he did to talk to us, I guess we can't have a real back and forth, but uh, you could call the Talk S hotline and leave us a message. You want to talk some shit? You have a back and forth with yourself like Ryan from the Union last week. 949-478-1197 is the phone number. Speaking of Ryan, he texted me this. He uh, does have my number. Okay. <laughs> he knows how to get a hold of me. And he texted me this clip. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it, Kevin. Is this AI? Is it... Being a little bit too honest, is it straight meat glazing from Brian Windhorse talking about the Lakers being out of the playoffs now and how they performed in the Western Conference Finals? The Lakers absolutely were terrific in going down in this series. I'm not sure I've seen a more impressive performance in a sweep ever. Interesting. (laughs) Because I... I can kind of relate to, you know, they were in all those games. They were really close. They probably should have won at least two of them. But they didn't. (laughs) They were an NBA franchise with at least one surefire Hall of Famer in LeBron James and probably another one in Anthony Davis. I mean, being in games is great. Being in games means nothing when you're in the conference finals, with all due respect to Winhorst or anybody else. I don't know if he was just trying to soften the blow because he's boys with LeBron or something or, or what that might be. But I'm not going to sit here and say I wasn't. I'm not impressed. No, no. You made it to the Western Conference Finals. The expectation is to win at least one game. Look, I thought Denver was a better team. I said Denver would win in seven games. That's how competitive I thought it would be. I thought Denver was a better team, but I thought the Lakers would at least give them a fight. Yeah. And yet, yes, they gave them a fight in the games they played in. But you're telling me you can't get one of those? Not one? Could you just say though, maybe technically? It was the most competitive four-game sweep as much as you can sure. have one. If that, and I don't even know if that I can recall. Yeah, because I can't think of a, a sweep that was where every game was like really compelling. There weren't a lot of blowouts. I'm sure yeah. they've existed, but the those sort of is, things don't stick out in your mind either. All you know is a team got swept. Right. 
So who cares? There could have been some that went to overtime in a four-game sweep, which technically would have made them a closer series. Sure. Or it a closer series. But no, series. that's ridiculous. Yeah. That was almost ridiculous. It could be AI. I don't know. It was on TikTok. Oh, well. Was this, <laughs> did the chat bot, whatever it is, get yeah. inside of Windhorse's brain and it wasn't really him and it was one of the... Uh, was a deep fake of Windhorse. It wasn't actually him. Right. Is that what it was? Chat GPT a, was yeah. some deep fake. A deep, deep fake Chat GPT of Brian Windhorse. Maybe that's what it was. I'm not 100 percent sure. Still look the same. Yeah, but no, no, they didn't. It's not the most impressive sweep. That's something that losers say. Man, we sure were in every game. No, <laughs> you. We sure lose. were there. No. Yeah. No. You. I was a little bit shocked hearing that. Yeah. No. I'll give them props from recovering from where they were to start the season to making it to basically being in playoff mode from the last month of the season all the way through and making it as far as they did. I'll give them credit for that. And that's what the narrative kind of shifts for a lot of Lakers fans. Sure. Hey, we were 2-10 and ten and we made it to the Western Conference Finals. You made sweeping changes on your roster. You know, you went 9-2 and two down the stretch to secure the seventh seed. I mean, look, I give them props for recovering and having overall all things considered from the expectation we have for them coming into the season to where it ended. I would say that it was a good season overall. I mean, if D'Angelo Russell didn't go from being adequate to completely unplayable, yeah. they probably do win a game at, at least. At least a game, right. Yeah. Maybe even two. You know? If Anthony Davis had a little bit well, more consistency, but it's not the bubble. It's different. Yeah, well. A Disney. I mean, I ask you to score 40 every night like you did in game one, but. His defense was there for the most five part. 15. Well, it probably was just asking him to do too much. Also different from the bubble, not having a person named JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard to spend minutes on Nikola Jokic. Yeah. That probably didn't help. I still think he and LeBron are both having surgery. Seems LeBron, like it. Oh, definitely yeah. on yeah. that right foot. I feel like it's it's the off season, so AD's gonna have surgery just by default, even if he doesn't need it. That's just kind of like the how his career goes. And quickly, are you buying LeBron could retire this no, summer? Not at all. He could play with Bronny in a year. Yeah, How's it's he not even retire a, now. I I just think he was kind of caught up in the moment of it. It was an exhausting season. It was a lot, so it was just an emotional moment in time. And I think if you get to age thirty eight in year twenty, these are things that kind of go through your mind. Yeah, in the heat of the moment, right? Fifteen minutes after a game, raw, visceral post game interview. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, almost a hundred million dollars left on the contract. Ooh. Yeah, he ain't going nowhere. Forty seven this coming year, and then a player option for fifty the year after that. And he is just here for the movies, but still, he, he needs that basketball money, too. Absolutely. You're rich, motherfucker. It is impressive. Somebody showed, I think it was the playoff stats from his MVP year in 2013. I think it was regular season stats, excuse me. And this year, and they were nearly identical. I saw that, too. It's incredible. His, his field goal percentage was way down from 56% to 51%. We'll never see anything <laughs> like this again. Ever. It's unbelievable. Appreciate it, LeBron haters. Yeah. Just try a little bit. To play at Please. this high of a level. After playing the equivalent of, what, like, three three regular seasons in the playoffs or whatever it's been throughout his career. You guys gassing up MJ all the time like he didn't get outscored by Kwame Brown in this final game in the NBA. Yeah, and I love how Kwame Brown, of all people, is taking shots at LeBron. You got your shot blocked. LeBron can at least catch the ball when it's passed to him. Let's calm that down, Kwame. (laughs) I realize you you gassed up all of a sudden. You want to take shots at people, and it's entertaining. But I'm not going to sit here and listen to you take shots at LeBron James for getting his shot blocked in the Western Conference Finals. When you had the ball bounce off your face left and right. It is entertaining. You know what pisses me off? I'm pretty sure his career high was against the Sacramento Kings. It was. I think he had, a, Brown. he had a 35 and 20 game. For whatever reason, I vividly remember that. How could we let that happen? Yeah. Where the hell were you at, Brad, Brad Miller, Vladdy Divac? What's going yeah. on? Where the hell were you where at? Where the hell are you at, man? <laughs> where you guys are at, or where you guys are, is with us, and we appreciate that.
Again, as Adam mentioned, 949-478-1197 to call and leave us a voicemail. You hit us up on social media as well, at KFig1, at FollowAdama on Twitter, at FNA Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At Lakers Impressive in Defeat is where you can find Brian Winhorst. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, guys. Have a great and safe Memorial Day weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. The Lakers absolutely were terrific in going down in this series. I'm not sure I've seen a more impressive performance in a sweep ever. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.